0: you're now listening to the boys in the booth podcast with your hosts harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every
1: monday on spotify and apple podcasts Good evening and welcome to episode 121 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you as always. Guys, about 10 to 12 games left in the regular season. Four weeks until the playoffs. Getting excited for that. Uh, how we doing?
2: It's been a... Uh... It's been a gloomy, gloomy week, Harper, uh, and that's just the life of a Devils fan. So that's pretty much all I have to say after a tough week of hockey, getting thumped by Boston 8-1, blowing a 6-2 lead against Florida, and then losing to Corey Schneider in his first game in two years in the island. Uh, Chad, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so happy you brought that up, Case, because
0: that was something that I wanted to, to rag on the Devils for a bit for uh for that Corey schneider is actually on a three game winning streak right now in the nhl spanning over two years for two different teams so he won his last three appearances um, in 2020 for new jersey at anaheim also in 2020 for new jersey versus st louis at home and then in 2022 for the islanders against new jersey so that's a tough tough look
2: yeah so do you think that they'll move Shane Wright to wing or does Jack Hughes move <laughs> to wing as he's a little smaller
0: you know I, I think it would be Hughes you know he's got incredible speed and I think Wright is great defensively so that would make total sense but yeah Case, okay. what a what a week what a tough week to be a fan of the Devils <laughs> Corey Schneider man that's just salt in the wound but anyways on to some more positive stuff um, right now this is day one of, of playoffs in the boys in the booth fantasy league guys and I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm a bit stressed out. There's a lot going on. And uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. Another note I wanted to bring up as well, just kind of housekeeping before we get into uh, uh, Fantasy Corner in the episode here, is that we will be doing another merch drop on May 1st this year it will run from May 1st to the very end of May we'll be selling a bunch of new stuff uh Adidas golf quarter zips we'll be highlighting that as well as the matching Adidas golf hat and uh some other things as well so make sure you check that out at boysinthebooth.com on May 1st
1: sweet uh guys uh, I'm I'm uh, doing all right last week honestly wasn't that great for me either actually uh tested positive for covid first time ever so I, I had some symptoms and took a couple of rapid tests at home and and they came back positive so i've had to stay home for uh, the last three or four days here um and and work from home so i got to do the same tomorrow because i tested positive on Friday, and it's five days um, from there. So uh, I'll be back in the studio and, and back to work on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, I've just kind of been locked up in my place here and uh, not really doing much, but uh, been watching lots of hockey. And I, I just need to say what a great night it was in Buffalo on Friday night, honoring Rick Jenneret's 51st season doing Sabres play by play. And it was just so nice to see a sellout crowd in Buffalo for the first time and God knows how long. And uh, they ended up beating the nashville predators a great team and it was just an awesome night so that that really brought my spirits up
2: i'm i'm very happy for all of that i i did tune in a little bit it was fun it was exciting and uh very happy for rj but i want the the, the people at home to know what it's like uh in the group chat with harper when <laughs> he texts us saying um sellout crowd in buffalo for rj night case. Yeah, I don't I don't know what <laughs> RJ Knight is. I I already can't remember what RJ stands for. What's his name? Rick, Rick Generate. Rick Generat. Also, I've never heard that name before in my life until Friday. <laughs> and Harper just expects me to know what RJ Knight is. So, um <laughs> naturally when harper gives me insight on the buffalo Sabers like that i put a bet on them and they won so <laughs> nice there you go you case <laughs> i don't
0: blame you for not knowing rj right off the bat when he said that but you should know rick Generet. i mean christ we had brad mayday on the podcast you know the call mayday 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 that's rick Generet. all those why would i ago. know
2: who called that i don't know why but... would i know that i can't even remember gm's names or friggin' tsn
1: broadcasters <laughs>
0: That's true. Just you gotta get into Harp's brain. It's an encyclopedia of all things hockey and anytime you need a name, just ask him. Harp, I thought it was funny, man, that you're complaining about working from home. It's like, oh yeah, that that's gotta suck. Roll out of bed four minutes before your shift and, and do do it in your underpants. Like that's the dream, man. Like I live it up while you can have
2: now been working from home for twenty-five months.
1: Yes. That's crazy. Holy honestly it 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 is nice like i did it this morning and it was like wow i've missed this but like there's nothing like being in the studio It just the show sounds and is just so much better but um and i just i got tired of it like over a year and a half case 25 months man i don't know how you've been able to do it that is a long time working from home but you know what a couple of days here is is kind of nice so yeah for sure uh Chad, you mentioned the May Day uh, call. That was actually voted by the fans RJ's best call of all time. No kidding. So that's, that's a good mention there.
0: And, and you can listen to that call. I clipped it into our podcast episode where Harper interviews Brad May, who, of course, scored the famous goal. And that's how he got his nickname, Brad May Day May. So you can listen to that yeah. episode of the podcast as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's uh let's go into a little fantasy corner here and then uh we'll get into the Atlantic Division. So uh case kick us off with uh with fantasy corner.
2: Yeah, I uh I lost last week by a landslide, but uh basically if if Remy or or LVB lost, then I was in and um yeah, LVB lost. Luke Vanderbaren texted me on Sunday, uh sent me a picture of his lineup and and the points and said I I can make a push for this he was just trying to scare me though he kind of knew it was over but it was close it did come down to the wire and thank god Nate Gagne who's out of the playoffs just played absolute spoiler for him like I should probably buy him a drink the next time (laughs) I'm with Nate but yeah now I'm in the playoffs and it's uh it's going to be interesting like I, I'm kind of expecting to be a one and done here and, and I'm out being the eighth seed against uh, Chad's team. I look back at some of the trades. It's kind of embarrassing some of the, the trades that were allowed to go through to your team. Uh, the other guys should be ashamed of themselves. But the projections are close and every time we've played each other it's been an absolute bloodbath. So I'm, I'm expecting nothing different
0: man like this is going to be this is going to be two juggernauts facing off in the first round and me playing you in the in the first round is absolute worst case scenario for me because <laughs> Even though I've dominated this league all year and I'm I'm first in the league with a record of 23 and 0 and have like 700 more total points for than second place in the league right now, Case, you have the second most points for in the league and it's going to be yeah. tough. Like it's not going to be an easy matchup. One versus eight, that doesn't matter anymore. It comes down to one week and it's literally worst case scenario for me.
2: Yeah, it's like I'm second in points for but eighth place Um, Luke was also telling me about some ridiculous stat today where he was uh, I think he's six for in points for but then something like last in points against oh and he's like that makes no sense (laughs) so basically when he won he absolutely thumped the guys (laughs) and then when he lost it was a nail biter
0: Damn. I mean, that's kind of similar to to mine right now. Like just looking at it now, points for I'm number one points against. I am number three right now, but I was going back to a few weeks ago, like right around the middle of the pack. So. It's kind of the same story. I maybe got a few lucky wins and like here and there. And then when I did lose, it was a nail biter. But while we're talking about playoffs, here here are the matchups. So it's me versus Casey, as you guys know. Uh Danbury Trashers, the number two seed, are playing the Backest Door Bandits, uh, number seven. Three and six play, that's the Meatheads and Will Nye, the science guy. And then four and five play uh ball to the wall and Hatrick Swayze, who I believe just switched spots. I think last week. Patrick Swayze was fourth and Ball of the Wall was fifth. But anyways, those are the matchups. And like, there's potential for some interesting upsets here. We already mentioned you potentially upsetting meat case but then also like another upset i could definitely see happening is will not the science guy upsetting the meatheads because we've been talking all season long that the meatheads kind of <laughs> ebb and flow with the detroit red wings yeah and and harp you were saying before the podcast started that the red wings went like this right and then here's the cliff and they just went whoosh, do the sound because yeah. you're the best at it they just went whoosh exactly and yeah, so yeah and so i could see that happening for sure as an upset
1: no definitely uh well th- that's what happens when you load up on on one team right and uh and you know lukey love him but he he loaded up on red wings they were looking good first half of the season and yeah second half of the season just like we uh like we said so um i'm uh I'll be watching the playoffs it's uh better luck next year territory for me, as you guys know um got a win over uh Brandon Irving last week, but uh not that satisfying of a victory i mean i I wiped the floor with him, but he's been locked out of his account all seasons so um you know wasn't that satisfying of a victory but you know what good to end the season on a high note and uh yeah looking forward to keeping an eye on these playoff matchups especially you two so uh we'll uh we'll see what happens
0: and and next year as well for anyone listening and we got to get into the episode holy this intro has been long but fun but yeah next season as well we'll be doing a fantasy keeper league and i'm gonna do the max amount of teams like I don't know what it is on Yahoo it might be 18 or something like that so or or maybe more hopefully more we're going to try to get as many teams in as possible and we'll make sure we send out a link come uh next season
1: Yep, definitely. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, if you weren't able to get in on the league this year, but you want to join next year, uh, feel free to to reach out to us and and sign Fine. up. Absolutely. But there's going
2: to be four spots, so it's going to be uh, we're going to be in Toledo, Ontario, and it'll be a fight <laughs> to the death.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, uh, let's uh, let's wrap up our. Um, revisiting of preseason division rankings in the National Hockey League. And we're finishing off with the Atlantic Division. And uh, the playoff teams have been uh, decided for a long time now in this division in the Eastern Conference in particular we all know that uh so let's rip through uh our preseason projected standings so we had Tampa Bay the uh the defending uh two-time Stanley Cup champions uh in number 1 Florida and number 2 then Toronto and number 3 Boston in that fourth spot Montreal in fifth ottawa in sixth detroit in seventh and the buffalo sabers in eighth and here's how the actual division uh stacks up uh, or actually stacks up, uh, stacks up right now excuse me can't uh, can't talk tonight um the, uh, the Panthers in first place, first team to clinch a playoff spot, 102 points in 69 games. Tied for second, the Leafs and the Lightning in two and three. Boston in that fourth spot, just two points behind the Leafs and the Bolts. The Wings in fifth, the Sabres in the sixth spot. Uh, in seventh, the Ottawa Senators. And in eighth, the Montreal Canadians. So uh guys, let's start with uh the Tampa Bay Lightning. We had them in number one. They are looking to go for that third straight Stanley Cup this season. They loaded up at the deadline with the additions of Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul. They've been kind of on a slide this last little bit. They've had a lot of road games. They've kind of struggled. I don't think we're too worried about Tampa. We had them in first. They're currently tied for second case. Thoughts on the lightning?
2: Yeah, these top four teams we mentioned in the in the previous rankings that we could shuffle the deck here, and whatever happens happens. Um, but Tampa Bay, they could still be in this first place spot if it wasn't for a bad month, uh, month of March. And what do you do when you're having a bad month of March? You go out in the trade deadline and make a couple big splashes, and they did exactly that. I don't think anything surprising is happening with this team so far. Best goalie in the league is playing great. Um, you've got your tight tight decor that's also playing great victor hemman is again in the norris conversations you got uh steven Stanko's playing one of the best years of his career and i mean the whole offense it's just scary every single night they could go down by four and then still win 5-4 it's this team is exactly what we expected from them. Maybe one spot down, but that's a, that's due to a bad month. And uh, I have no doubt that with the pickups of Hagel and, and Paul that this team's going to be pushing for a third Stanley Cup in a row.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was pretty fair to say when we did these rankings back in the preseason, this was our last one. And I, I remember us saying that, you know, it was kind of a, a tale of two divisions within this division. It was like, The top four teams and the bottom four teams and case, like you said, in the top four, we were fine with interchanging any of those in in any order and kind of similar in the bottom four. And, you know, we'll get into that as well. But talking about Tampa, guys, like this is another example of one of the best teams in the league. By the way, just won two Stanley Cups. So, yes, crowned the best team in the league for the last two years. Um, Just having a a really good but not incredible record-breaking regular season like they did a few years ago when they got swept in the first round of the playoffs. So, like, this team has had, uh, you know, a few more injury troubles this season. Like, Kucherov, that guy's made a glass. He's been in and out of the lineup. But you know for a fact that he'll be back come playoff time and he'll be ready to go on an absolute tear uh, because that's what he does. And, you know, right now they're sixth in the NHL or I guess tied for fifth with the Maple Leafs, if you want to put it that way. And that was another thing we said about these top four teams, guys. And I'm talking Florida, Toronto, Tampa, and uh, Boston there. Last season, they all finished in the top 10 in the NHL. This season, they're all currently sitting in the top 10 in the NHL. So this is just, you know, pretty much exactly where we predicted a team like Tampa, give or take a couple spots. Um, Not a surprise that they've been this good. We thought they'd finish first, but third is is pretty damn close. And and again, for the top four, like you want to pat ourselves on the back here for, for predicting that these would be the top four, but I think it was pretty obvious, you know? So, so we were, I guess, right on that, you could say.
1: Yeah, like this division is, it's so tough for, for teams like Ottawa and Detroit, you know, those two in particular, who were trying to take a step this season to, to crack that top four. Like, it's just, it is so set at the top with those four teams. But talking about Tampa, You know, it's it's been an up and down month of March for them. But yeah, no concerns about this team. Uh, Julian Breeze, so smart, identifies those two needs that he lost uh, with with Blake Coleman going to the Flames and Barkley Goudreau going to um, the Rangers and Yanni Gord, I should mention as well, going to Seattle, losing that third line that was so good for them uh, in their in their last uh, two cup runs. He goes in and brings in uh Coleman and Goudreau esque kind of players in Paul and and uh in Hagel and then adding to just an already stacked forward group and a stacked back end with the best goalie on the planet. Um, you know, I think it's just uh kinda end of season. Um, you know, lows maybe for them and, and uh, they're just looking forward to playoff time now and, and going on another run. So yeah, no, no concerns with this team whatsoever. All right, let's move on to the Florida Panthers, and uh, we mentioned off the top their first place in the Atlantic Division, uh, the first team to clinch a playoff spot, actually, out of all 32 teams, 102 points in 69 games. They have... Absolutely filled the net this season. Jonathan Huberdo just set the record for most points by a Panthers player in a single season with 97. I think it is guys. He's been incredible this year. Sergei Bobrovsky is looking like vintage Bobrovsky. We've said it before on the podcast, uh, this season, uh, this team is just so deep. They picked up Ben Sherratt and, uh, yeah, they're they're looking to win a playoff round for the first time since '96, and go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. I should also mention, of course, they got Claude Drew <laughs> at the uh, at the deadline, yes, as well. So, uh, yeah, guys, let's get into the Florida Panthers. We have them in second, but uh, they're first place in this division, and uh, by a uh, by a nice little uh, they've got a nice little cushion at the top there.
2: So, listening back. To the previous rankings episode on this one um the people that hate advanced analytics they won this round (laughs) that's for sure um chad there's one thing one theme that's been in in these uh past four episodes that we definitely kept up on uh talking about the florida panthers and, and and why you actually ranked them fourth and then we came around and put them second anyways uh and that is goaltending we uh we relied a little too heavily on the sketchiness of the florida panthers goaltending situation and of course expected goals that classic classic got brought up but uh and then another anomaly happens and sergey probofsky having uh an incredible bounce back of the last three years and um yeah he he's certainly helped this team out and then the other one i'm not going to rag you on you like for this one but ipp and verhage and bennett taking a step back some regression um a slight step back but he still is like a 20 goal scorer 50 point guy and (laughs) sam bennett is having the best year of his career so it's like uh the advanced analytics failed us on this one but um no surprise here for this team like they have been doing some spectacular things all year, like the most comebacks, or I i could try to word that better. Uh, I guess, Chad, do you want to give that one a crack again? Last episode.
0: <laughs> they I yes, I don't have it in front of me, but I will try. They have the most comebacks in the NHL when trailing after two
2: periods. There um, period one sentence. Got it. There you go. And they did it again this week against the Devils. I knew it was happening. Um it just crushed me to watch, but there's no surprise, and yeah, they got even better at the deadline again um it's some some no surprises they are where they are and they are where they should be but i'm a little worried about them in the playoffs when it comes to no Aaron ekblad and uh the fact that they've been putting themselves in such shitty situations you know there's two sides to this argument either you can say um they've shown they have a lot of character and that's going to help them in the playoffs. They can come back from adversity and win tough games. Or you can look at the side and say, why are they down 6-2 against the New Jersey Devils? <laughs> and to me, I'm more in that camp and that's worrying me for the playoffs. I don't want to see them get down in a series or anything like that early. It, you can't do it. You can't do it in the playoffs. No matter how many times you've come back, uh, plus three goals when in the first times the last... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> enough enough making fun of me. I corrected the stat, okay, and, and that's it. We can give it a rest. <laughs> um okay guys, talking about Florida, like first of all, case, you're completely right. Like the the non-analytics guys, the iTest guys, listen to that episode and they're just laughing at me right now for <laughs> saying that Florida's gonna regress. Um But but like here's the thing the players that I brought up have regressed to a a certain degree. Like Sam Bennett had 15 points in 10 games when he came over from Florida. He's he's also got 26 goals. (laughs) So like clearly that wasn't going to be sustainable. He did regress. And then uh, who is the other guy I brought up? Verhage. Again, looked at his stats today, has regressed in terms of point per game. I don't know about IPP. I didn't look into that today. I didn't have time to, but those are two regression candidates. and, And that's what happened. But the thing is, they replaced that scoring with with different players. Like Lundell, did we know that he was going to be this good this season? And Sam Reinhart, we didn't know. I mean, we knew he was going to be good this season, but we weren't really sure if he was going to replace the goals from guys who had broken out, etc. Uh, Huberto, did we know that he was going to get the most assists in a single season in the NHL set by a left winger? Probably I- not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um and then and then the thing is goaltending and and we've talked about it, like we can't put that much emphasis Mm -hmm. on goaltending moving forward because it's literally magic beans and like we just don't know what's gonna happen. But my argument was they had one guy last season who made more saves than he was expected to, according to Money Puck. And that was Chris Drieger. And Chris Drieger is now on the Seattle Kraken and is one of the worst goalies in the NHL. And Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight both saved fewer goals than expected last season and were not good, period. And now Bobrovsky, at least, is one of the best goalies in the NHL again. And it looks like 2018 $10 million Bobrovsky. So that's something we just can't touch on. But but yeah, first place in the NHL. I'll have to admit, I did not see this coming. I just think so many things had to go right for Florida. Um, if they wanted to continue the sort of magical run they were on last season and i just thought it was unlikely but you know what a lot has gone right for florida this season and they've they've been proving me wrong every time they win i will say though the they've scored their way out of a shit ton of problems and i'm a bit nervous about whether that's going to happen in the playoffs and i think matchup will determine that for sure i think they're happy if they get you know, if they match up with like a Toronto in the playoffs, if if Toronto slips to a second wild card spot, but I don't think they're going to have an easy time if they play, you know, Boston or even Tampa Bay in the playoffs, if one of those teams slips. So I don't know, like I like Florida, clearly they've had an, a fantastic season. I think we were right to, to put them in second place uh, at the start of the season, even though they're in first right now, but there are still some concerns and Aaron Eckblad Harp. That's one that you mentioned that. Like, like their D is not that scary without Aaron Eckblad. I'm sorry.
1: No, no. Well, I uh, case mentioned, you know, uh, no Eckblad actually. And uh, thank God you got Ben Sherratt in that case. But then your, your number one D man becomes Mackenzie Weger, but he's just, and Weger's good. Like I love him and he has become one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. But he's just that much better with Aaron Ekblad or that much better on the second pair when Eckblad when is, is in the lineup. So he is a big loss. They're still a very deep team uh, w- without him, but they they need him and, uh, and he hopefully he's up, back sure.
2: too right yeah yeah i'm, I'm not gonna yeah. argue with you that uh mckenzie weaker better with Ekblad. like Ekblad's gonna do that to to everyone but mm-hmm. what i'm gonna say is that um mckenzie weaker showed that he should be on a top pairing on almost every team in this league in these last few stretches of weeks and he has shown that he can make gustav forsling better or brandon montour better uh, he's shown that both those guys have made, you know, he, they've progressed with yep. moving up to his pairing. Like, I, I think that Mackenzie Weger can make most guys better in this league because mm-hmm. he plays such a safe, sound game and at the same point can, uh, can jump in on the
1: rush. It's, it's amazing how this team has been constructed. Like, THG, Chad, the hockey guy, of course, he, um, He did like a a video on how Bill Zito constructed this team. And it's actually amazing. Like Case, for example, you mentioned Forsling. They picked up Forsling off waivers from the Chicago Blackhawks. He was on waivers last season and they picked him up. And I actually noticed him right away. I'm like, oh, my God, like, who is this guy on the power play? Oh, it's Forsling. And uh, he's been a great find. Mason Marchment as well. Chad, Leafs legend, um, <laughs> you know, like you you, you mentioned Malgan's Lundell better. with, what's that?
0: Dennis Malgan's better, but go on. Oh, my I'm, ki- I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm Start willing, I'm willing again. to lose that argument. Now M- Mason Marchman <laughs> you, has been so good. So he good.
1: has, you know, like you mentioned Lundell with with guys that we weren't expecting to be as good as they've been. Like Marchman is right at the top of that list as well. So it's just it's it's pretty amazing how this roster has been constructed. I have a question though for you guys: Are you a little bit concerned with the goaltending behind Bobrovsky? going into the playoffs are you concerned at all with Spencer Knight because Spencer Knight has not had the season that I think any of us anticipated am i right yeah
2: I, yeah uh, no for sure I, I i'm more worried about who's behind spencer knight but yeah. <laughs> um yeah I, I, to be honest i don't know if i've seen enough of spencer knight to make too much of an argument here like it really has been Bob's net for the most part. And, um, yeah, I don't know if, if if he could face the pressure of the playoffs. It's an interesting question.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I'm not overly concerned because, like, who's going to start all seven games in round one? It's probably going to be Bobrovsky. And, like, if you're concerned about Florida's goaltending because of Spencer Knight in the backup position, then you should be equally concerned about say, Tampa Bay with Brian Elliott. Even though he's been really good this year, still sort of, you know, just a guy who's not a full-time starter. So, Toronto like, Maple believes. Exactly. Like any team, right? Like if, if you're riding yeah. a starter and he gets hurt, clearly that's going to suck. But clearly that's going to impact almost every single team in the playoffs identically. unless you Unless you're like, I don't know, like Boston has a really good tandem, even though Allmark has been kind of shady recently. But Swain a, has been really good.
2: They have Rask in the playoffs. <laughs> well, I guess,
0: but he sucked I mean, like, when like, he played. He
2: year. has sucked, but like he's also too good Rask in the playoffs, so it's like
0: true. So, so yeah, like that's one team that maybe isn't affected by that. But I think if if you're saying that you're worried about goaltending because of their backup, I think that says a lot about how good a team is because that's the only position that you can kind of pick apart, right? I mean, we talked about the D, but like again, any team who loses a a defenseman who was in Norris conversations like a month ago is probably going to be way worse off right so again it just kind of points to to how good Florida is to be able to keep doing this
1: For sure. No, they're a deep team. They are definitely, uh, one of the, one of the contenders for this season. And, uh, it'll be interesting to, to see the playoff success, uh, out out of this team because, um, they, they haven't won a round since 1996 and, uh, and you love to see a, a group feel good and, and, uh, and decide to go for it, and that's what they've done. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch the Florida Panthers the rest of the way. That's for sure. All right, moving on to your Toronto Maple Leafs, Chad, and uh, tied for second, uh, as we mentioned in the Atlantic, 93 points in 68 games, and we had them third in our preseason uh, projected standings. Mitch Marner looks like a goal scorer. Austin Matthews is certainly a goal scorer. We all know that. The first ever to get fifty <laughs> on the year, yeah. Ever heard of him? Uh, they they pick up Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell, and going back to Matthews and Marner uh, and and Michael Bunting. That that first line has been fantastic. Just driving the Maple Leafs offensively for a while here. Um, Haven't won a round since since 2004. We talked about the Panthers. It's been a long time since they've won a round. It's also been a long time for the Maple Leafs. That's no secret. A disappointing end to last season. Uh, So how do we feel about the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, first of all,
2: I've been fasting all day today, and uh, I actually haven't eaten since uh, Friday because I have to eat my words um, (laughs) (laughs) in this episode. And it's actually about to be a 10-course meal on Michael Bunting. Yeah. geez listening back to this episode i was just like not impressed by this pickup i was like why is everyone so excited i think a lot of people were like that even chad was like i was on I the i think fence. we should tamper some expectations and i'm like nah like why are you excited about a guy who can't crack the arizona coyotes but uh you know we talked about replacing net goals of zach hyman uh, i don't think you expected the 30 goals to come from bunting alone but <laughs> it certainly worked out and uh Honestly, I would say it's, it's safe to say that they would be in first place if they did, made the changes they made to their decor a little earlier in the year. If they picked up Bushkin earlier this year, Giordano, if they gave a little more uh, ice time to Lilligren, this team's in first place because they struggled at the beginning of the year on defense. I think Jared Hole, like that, that's a tough one. Justin Hole. Who's Jared Hole? And why do I always say that?
1: <laughs> You're thinking of Jared Bowl, who played for Columbus, Columbus Blue, Blue Jackets. Jackets. That's right. Yes.
2: Okay. Justin Hall sucked this year. Maybe I forgot his name yeah. because it's was so bad this year. And <laughs> I don't know. They, they've made some tweaks to that back end, and this team's going now. Like, yeah. Those guys are worth every penny of the 10 million 12 and half, half million dollars this year and uh yeah it's great to see that top end scoring although i, I hate it like i get a little sick time mitch scoring, scores <laughs> but
0: i i know you hate it in case i just want to like i I just can't believe you can't remember the guy's name justin hole you wanted the Leafs to protect him in the expansion draft bro and they did and I wanted to get rid of him because he was replaceable by Timothy Liliagrind, So i surprised you can't remember Hole's name.
2: Yeah, it's a hole in my brain.
0: Gays <laughs> is <laughs> just on it today with with the jokes. <laughs> uh, uh, one, one thing before I get into the Leafs is just uh, I brought up Spencer Knight's numbers. And he's been roughly average this season in his 20-some-odd games played. So it's, again, not that big of an issue for Florida. But... Yeah, talking about the Leafs, guys, like, Case, you mentioned that they'd probably be in, in first if they had better defense. Well, what if they had better goaltending for, like, four months? The first two months of the season, Jack Campbell was in Vesna conversations. He was one of the best goalies in the NHL, dating back to last year and in the playoffs as well. Um, but then, you know, he tweaked his rib and he was out for a bit. And then Mirazik was god-awful, which, again, magic beans can't really predict, but they've been they were both bad for like 3 months and then you know like what would have happened if they would have got league average goaltending like it would have been interesting to see and maybe we're talking about them in Florida's place but who knows anyway talking about the leafs i want to give a couple pats on the back here and and then one just like absolute thing that that we were completely wrong about and i'll start with that we are going back listening to this you and i were both completely wrong about nick ritchie go figure we thought that he would slot in perfectly in the top six he was there for like four games and then they realized he couldn't skate with Matthew and Marner and then he now he's an arizona coyote making two and a half million bucks so we were definitely wrong on that um a pat on the back though dating back to the preseason. Um, when I was watching this guy in, in games in the preseason, was Timothy Liljegren, and I said he's in my starting roster. And guys, over the last you know like month or like couple weeks at least since we got Giordano, like I don't know how you take Timothy Liljegren out of the lineup here in the playoffs because he's been that good, like on a third pair with Giordano. So that's been a great surprise that he's finally
2: playing games for the Leafs and meaningful minutes as well. I'll give you like a three finger tap on the back because personally, I just think Giordano makes guys so much better. And I think that's what you're you might be seeing here. Like, I don't know that for for certain, but I'm definitely saying that that's having a big factor on it.
0: Definitely. And I think there's no denying that. But I've been saying all year and I've been pumping. Lilligrin's tires, like especially when he was playing on the bottom pair with Sandine, like just getting some favorable matchups, playing, you know, roughly 15 minutes a night. Like he's looked really, really good. And I think, like, I, I've been very impressed with both of those guys. And now, over the last, you know, couple weeks, Lilligrin's actually on pace or to outpace uh, Sandine in points, which is. Kind of interesting considering Lilliergan is considered more of a defensive guy and Sandine's considered more of an offensive guy. But anyway, I digress. Guys, the team is really good. One thing that we brought up last, last uh, episode when we were talking about it was how the special teams sucked last year. And uh, this season has not shown that at all, which has been such a bonus for this Leafs team. You've got so much money on that first power play. And finally, it's performing the way it should. It's ranked number one in the league. It's been number one in the league since game one, and it's clicking at roughly 30%, which is just amazing. That, that's like one in three power plays you're expecting a goal from one of the big four because they've been playing the big five guys on one power play all year, which makes total sense. I don't know why they ever split it up before, and I remember saying that last episode, and I'm so happy they, they've done that this year and, and ran with the big five. Uh, including morgan riley as number five and then the pk guys that was something we also harped on because you know last season their pk sucked but this year they're currently ranked fifth in penalty kill percentage and they have the most shorthanded goals uh this season among any team in the nhl which is incredible most rush chances and second most two-on-one chances on the pk which, again, like, those are just stupid numbers. They're trying to play offense while they're they're killing penalties, and it's been working out. Last thing I'll say about the Leafs is, like, I don't love any of the matchups because this Atlantic, it, it, talking about playoffs, because this Atlantic is so, so, so tough. Like, if you play the Bruins, are they going to beat you for a third time? You know, like... like would you rather play the Bruins, who have already beat you twice, um, who are two points behind you right now in, in the standings, but also two spots behind you? That's how tight and top-heavy this division is. Or would you rather play the first-place team in the league, second in the NHL, I guess, first place in the, in the East, the Florida Panthers, who have Mason Marchment, who he basically gave to them for free, so that's a stab in the back. Or would you rather play the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, in the first round? Or, in a fourth and and a bit more unlikely, would you rather play Freddie Anderson in the Carolina Hurricanes? (laughs) So, like, I'm not loving any of the first-round matchups, but, like, it's no one said it was going to be easy for the Maple Leafs. And this year is is really, you know, putting that on display. Last year was probably the, the time where it could have been the easiest, and they blew it. So maybe a little bit of adversity is good for the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. So... I'm looking forward to it, guys. That's my spiel on on the Maple Leafs. Had to get it
2: out here. Yeah, no problem, Chad. I was just playing Wordle for the last 10 minutes. (laughs) Takes you 10 minutes to do a Wordle? Holy
1: Well, I, I I don't have much more to say on, on the Maple Leafs. Just that you know, I I hope the goaltending Jack Campbell in particular kind of uh, comes back to form because he was fantastic through the first twenty games of the season. Like you mentioned, Chad, he was um, you know uh, in in conversation for for the Vesna and uh, and then just. Kind of fell off a cliff and got injured, and Mrazek's been up and down. Um, Shalgren has been a great story. I'll, I'll say that he's been great, but um, yeah, I think if if the goaltending is going to get fixed and and uh, and you know back to solid, it's it's got to be Jack Campbell. And and I got to tell you, I like Jack Campbell, and I'm confident that he'll be able to to bounce back. Um, I'll also say Michael Bunting. You guys know maybe one of my favorite signings in the off season. What a great pickup.
2: His 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 IPP this year compared to last year, like he's going to regress so hard next year. <laughs> I mean, who knows if he has 30 goals
1: next year? Holy crow. Yeah, seriously. Well, and, and I mean, it's no surprise him playing with with those two. And Chad, I remember you and I having a conversation that like I that is what I wanted Toronto's first line to yeah. be. You bunting with, with Matthews and Marner and it's been so good. And and that's exactly what they needed. The Leafs needed guys like him and guys like Lilgrin who have, you know, finally like come along on these really nice contracts to contribute a lot to the team and and that's that's exactly what's happened and you know there's other guys camp and kasha even though he's been hurt but he's been great as well and so they've had a lot of that um, as you mentioned none of these none of these first round opponents are going to be easy if i had to pick one just for the storyline probably boston yeah. because like how great would that be them to finally uh slay the dragon in, in the first round and and the dragon being the boston bruins and and finally get through for the first time since since 2004 chad i'll bring up something though are you concerned about sort of the depth of the forward group like uh, because we know that taveras and nylander have been struggling together the last little while are you concerned about those two at all moving forward
0: well they've they've been struggling like when they played together recently over the last like couple weeks or whatever or the last month i guess you could date it back but both players are still nearly a point per game tavares and nylander playing on separate lines have both been scoring at will in their last five games i think tavares has something like five in his last five something like that you'd have to check that and I'm probably lying but they, they've both been playing really well and like i don't think it's a long-term solution to keep nylander on the third line like it makes no sense i think that needs to be your shutdown line but you've seen a an emergence from from Ilya mikhayev number one yeah. who is playing in the top six now and then you also saw Kasha move up when he before he was injured playing the top six. Like all these guys can do it. But I think if you're I mean, gonna have real success in the playoffs, like you're gonna need Tavares and Nylander to click yeah. together. And I'm personally I'm really not that worried about it. Nylander was the best leaf in the playoffs last season against Montreal
2: and he, he's a big time player, you know? Two of your possible matchups are so good at shutting down one line your best line and that's tampa bay and boston so yeah Tavares and nylander are going to be important in the playoffs
0: yeah absolutely no kidding i if yeah. i'm the leafs and i said this before we started recording i want to play either florida or carolina i don't want to play boston and i don't want to play tampa just because I mean, like I do want to play those teams to say that you've beat like the best teams or whatever and to slay the dragon, like you said, if you were playing Boston. But I just think Florida or Carolina matches up much better with with the way the Maple Leafs play, even though those two teams currently have more points in the standings than than Toronto, because they play sort of a run and gun offense compared to Tampa and Boston, who play a bit slower, a bit tougher, like they grind out wins and. And I don't know, more experience on those teams, it seems. And, and so if I'm, if I'm Toronto, I want to play Florida, but that means finishing likely in, in the wildcard spot, which, I mean, it could happen, but I just think right now it will probably be Toronto and Tampa. But I'll say this as well, and final point, I'm done talking about the Leaves, guys.
2: <laughs> I've been done for <laughs> 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> I know. My, my, my final point is if Toronto plays Boston in the first round and they win they're going to win the cup. Period. No questions asked. It'll be the I, I, same as Washington when they beat Pittsburgh Washington for the first time. Washington and Pittsburgh.
1: Yep. The dragon they had to slay was was the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like I would love a Toronto Boston first round series, game 7, overtime, the Leafs beat the Bruins. To move on to the second round. That that yeah. would be amazing.
2: The Washington Capitals also didn't have to face their backbone goalie. Who got shit on by the fans constantly in the second round. So uh, yeah. we'll see about that. That's yeah. Freddie Anderson we're talking we'll, about. Toronto we'll see has if, to play Freddie Anderson if they get past Boston.
0: I love Freddie Anderson, but we'll see if he chokes in in uh, in dude, Game Seven again.
2: Voodoo, voodoo. Yeah. Karma. Yeah. Beliefs, narrative. They play yeah. Freddie Anderson.
1: Screwed. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, so like any any of those four matchups that we ripped through great storylines attached to them like the the tampa toronto one like not really a storyline there like just two great teams facing each other like well i guess a storyline there like the the uh back-to-back stanley cup champs potentially going out in the first round so there there's another one but it like it's going to be fascinating to see who the Maple Leafs play and how well they do. Um, you know, they're last thing I'll say before we move on to the Bruins, they are a team that if they can get over the hump and win that first round, I, I think, you know, they could just get on a roll and, and go all the way. I, I think that, uh, that, that could be the case with the Maple Leafs. Um, all right, let's move on to the Boston Bruins. We mentioned them a lot there, obviously, in the Leafs talk. Uh, fourth spot in the Atlantic, 91 points in 68 games, and we had them in fourth in our preseason uh, projected standings. So a pat on the back uh, to us. And, guys, I think it's fair to say that Boston kind of started off the season slow. And and I was a little critical about these guys like I was with Pittsburgh and I've learned and same thing with Boston. But you can't count these guys out as long as they've got the big three. Charlie McAvoy as well. You can't count these guys out. They pick up Hampus Lindholm. That's going to be McAvoy's D partner for the next eight years. And um yeah you can just never count out the Bruins and we mentioned Lena Solmark how he's kind of been up and down I don't think any of us thought that Jeremy Swayman would be this good he's been excellent for the Bruins as well so let's talk about Boston
2: yeah well I don't think we need to talk about them too much longer because we already did yeah. with the Leafs and yeah. frankly we need to get through these next five teams pretty quick yeah um 10 Yeah, (laughs) Um, I definitely felt bad listening back to last episode, because I think Detroit and Buffalo, we fit into the 15 minutes. So I felt bad for Harper there. But Boston, man, like the exact reason of you can't count these guys out is why they're so scary in the playoffs. Like they get into the playoffs, they're going to do some damage no matter what. Um, I think all of our question marks have kind of been answered with this team, you know, goaltending, they got Swayman's playing great. Like you can kind of count on that guy. And then you got two backups that can work in a pinch for sure. Um, So depth scoring, like that was our key focus on this team at the beginning of the year is depth scoring. What are they going to do? We've talked about it multiple years and somehow they always figure something out. Charlie Coyle's played great. Uh, Jake Dabrowski is a new player, um, kind of avoided trade. And and now he's on fire. and then Eric Howell has also been great. Taylor Hall is chipping in for that second second line. Like, the team can score now. And we talked about how they're fourth in goals against last year. Well, they're six in goals against this year. And then they picked up Lindholm, so their decor gets even better. Forces uh, Mike Riley out of the, um, out of the lineup, so it, it makes me feel a little bit better about hating on him so much. <laughs> um, oh, true. Good first <laughs> pass guy. there's not a lot you can dislike about this team you know nothing overly flashy other than their first line and now their power play because they're just playing their first line on the power play and we've seen that works with toronto nothing overly flashy but nothing to worry about yeah Yeah. This, this is a
0: team we got spot on fourth spot and the reason we didn't have them higher in the division was because Or like for me anyway, when I was kind of rationalizing this. And one worry I had was uh, the center depth. You know, sure, their depth is good at that position, but they don't really have any high-end scoring other than Bergeron, obviously, who's had another fantastic year. But you know how they solved that? They split up the hero line of Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand. And now Pasternak plays on the second line with Hall. I don't know if they do that all the time, but I know they do it frequently. And so there you go. There's your two lines of scoring. You just put Pasternak on the second line, and he's had a fantastic season again. So there you go. That kind of solved that because they lost David Krejci, who had a really good year last year and is now playing in the Czech League. And I, I, remember, I think I said in the episode he's going to have, like, three points a game in the Czech League. I, I don't know what his numbers are, but, like, I'm sure they're good. He was still a really good player, you know, before he left, but... But anyways, yeah, this team is good top to bottom, guys. And like, I didn't even think they would be this good in the league standings. They're currently eighth in the NHL right now. Just one point behind the seventh place Pittsburgh Penguins, two points behind the fifth place Toronto Maple Leafs. So like this this team is is really good better than i expected actually and i think that has to do with jeremy swayman who's been a really good story this year he's been fantastic but if this team you know you know gets past that first round which depending on who they play like it's not going to be easy no matter who they play but depending on who they play if they get past the second round i agree with you harp like this team could could definitely make another push for sure
1: Yep, it uh, wasn't that long ago that they were in the Stanley Cup Finals losing to the St. Louis Blues, and that was uh, in 2019. So, yeah, just one of those teams that needs to, they've gone on playoff runs before, an experienced group, um, you know, that, that leadership group is, is as strong as it gets and yeah, they just need to get in and, uh, they know that they have a chance. So, uh, yeah, watch out for the Boston Bruins yet again. All right, let's move on to the Montreal Canadiens, guys. Last year went, uh, w- wow. I, I, I'll I'll stop myself there for a second. What a difference a year makes, first of all. Uh went to the Stanley Cup Finals, a miraculous run uh last season and uh this year they're one of the uh they're one of the last place teams in the NHL. So we had them in fifth, currently eighth in the Atlantic division. Um no Carey Price, no Shea Weber, doesn't look like he'll play again. Just a ton of injuries. They lose Phil Deneau to the LA Kings in free agency. Um, Dom Ducharme gets let go. Mark Bergevin gets let go. Kent Hughes and uh, Jeff Gorton come in. Marty San Luis comes in behind the bench. That certainly made things a little bit better. Cole Caulfield has been a, a different player under San Luis. Nick Suzuki is back to looking like a number one center. So things have gotten a little better, but, uh, guys, it's been a long year for the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, we had the, a fat case of the recency bias and we saw this team go to Stanley cup finals. So we kind of thought in our head that we have to have them at five. We knew we, uh, who we had in one, two, three, four, but these guys kind of had to be five based off what happened last year. Um, But I think it's pretty safe to say or not safe to say, but I think you can say that if Marie St. Louis was here all year, this team could be in this position. They could be number five. They would have second half Cole Caulfield all year. They would have depth scoring. They'd be playing meaningful, not meaningful hockey, but much better hockey if they had St. Louis all year. Um, But if my uncle had wheels, he'd be a bus and he isn't so this team is bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the question there is if your uncle was a bus, would he have more wheels or doors? It's uh it's a good question, but yeah, Montreal guys <laughs> brutal this season and like I I don't think we were harsh enough when when we came around to ranking these teams in case you said it like maybe a bit of recency bias there. Um but like I've been ragging on Montreal all season. It's gonna have to stop because they have been playing well recently, similar to the Buffalo Sabres, who I posted yesterday are seven, three and two in their last twelve games. So that's something to look up for. But but yeah, guys, Montreal, like we talked about last episode when, when we did these predictions, they lost their number one goalie, they lost their number one defenseman, and they lost their second line center and Philip Deneau. And like they just haven't really been able to replace any of those guys, or at least for the first half of the season. And then you know Marty St. Louis took over, and he's kind of been changing this team up a bit. But they finished 18th in the NHL last season. I remember harping on that because they should not have been in a playoff spot. And now they're sitting in 32nd in the entire NHL, dead last. Next season, I think they're relevant again, and I think we can probably put them in that fifth spot maybe the red wings maybe buffalo but i think maybe the senators oh my god anyway i i think they'll definitely be relevant they aren't this bad as a standing show but at least they'll be able to get shane right so i think it's fair to say that we were a bit wrong with this team maybe due to some uh
1: recency bias it would be nice to see them get Sheen right because, as we know, the uh, the draft is at the Bell Center in Montreal this year. So to to have that number one pick in yes. your arena would be would be nice. Case, there's some no?
2: there's some good QMJHL players available. Draft a guy from the QMJHL in Montreal. Get Matthew Savoy. Why not? <laughs> enjoy yourselves
1: nathan gauchet yeah
2: do do that don't no (laughs) they can keep going on a hot run just like the buffalo sabers work their way out of the shane Wright pick let a deserving team pick up another center for their deep center core down the middle a bunch of young guys (laughs) the new jersey devils shane Wright. let's go
0: how are the devils (laughs) up for their third first overall pick like what the hell Let's move let's move on though. We gotta
2: get to Ottawa here. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, uh, last thing I'll say on the Habs, what a job Kent Hughes has done with asset management. Definitely. Right, guys. I agree. Like he has been making out like a uh oh geez. What Chad, a you biscuit? said it. Like a yeah like, like a bandits. Bandit, Game yeah. He's yeah, like the Monopoly
0: like man running away with a sack of cash because he got a first round pick for Ben Charat. Like that's a joke. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done a great job and uh, I do agree they're going to be relevant again next season. All right. The Ottawa Senators, we had them sixth before the start of the season. Great second half of the season uh, last year. And, um, you know, the Senators certainly got, I think, a little excited, a little too excited about that going into this season saying the rebuild's done. They've got a good young core there, but guys, the rebuild's not done yet. Like, it just, it has not been a good year for the Ottawa Senators. Now, injuries, they play a role. Uh, A COVID outbreak as well. But, you know, just, it's kind of, you look at the way this team is constructed and there are issues there. So let's get into the Senators uh, currently in seventh in this division, 56 points in 68 games. Case, Ottawa.
2: Yeah, it's another team that I think their position doesn't necessarily show what their team is capable of. Um, definitely a lot of injuries this year, COVID outbreak. You're, you're right on that, Harp. Uh, what I will say is we're expecting a certain group of players to really take an advantage of their opportunities in this year and that's happened that we've seen josh norris be great this year also getting hit with injury drake batherson has been unbelievable this year he's also been hurt at times it's like uh, there's a lot of guys taking advantage of the opportunities but at the same time there's a give and take and there's some players that really haven't stepped up and have really kind of uh failed this team in a sense of this year like who knows what white can be in the future or well now brown's gone but he uh he definitely needed to step up this year and did not um so yeah there's some guys that really stepped up and there's some guys that fell off bad and that's why ottawa is where they are
0: yeah, I mean, going back to to ranking this division in the top four and the bottom four, we knew Ottawa was going to be in the bottom four. We just didn't know exactly where. I think most Sens fans are a bit disappointed with the production from their team this year. But let's face it, like they have one uh, steady defenseman. They have Thomas Shabbat. They've got guys coming, for sure. But Thomas Shabbat really owns that back end and he's one of the only guys like you've got, you know, a guy like Zub is good, but he's not, you know, he
1: he is good. He is good. I, I really like him.
0: Trust me. I know he is good. And and like both the eye test guys and the analytics guys love him. But and and so he's definitely good, but they need more guys there um they don't have a starting goalie like matt murray has been up and down all season um he was really good for for a little stretch there so who knows what he'll be next year like because like we've said you can't really predict goalies and then they just need you know some more offense up front brady kachuk newly named captain i'm sure that felt great for him and and for the organization uh jimmy stew that's a guy who I'm keeping my eye on for next season, especially for fantasy, because I think he's due to break out and, you know, know, all the numbers point towards that. So I'm looking forward to that, but uh, they're just not there yet. And we kind of knew that, but I think it's been a bit disappointing so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. No. And I definitely was one of those guys who, you know, like they played so well, the last 25 games of the season last year after a brutal start and i thought okay like the the young core is in place they've had a, such a good stretch here um you know they could maybe be a wild card team next season and really take another step but it just has uh, hasn't happened yet but they've got such a bright future um a, a great young core it's just kind of filling in spots here and there. The goaltending Chad, you mentioned Matt Murray. Anton Forsberg has been excellent. They locked him up for three years. But can he have a season like he like he did this year, next year? Can he continue his strong play and actually be a number one? That's a question, Mark. And the back end as well um, is is a bit of a question too. And and so do you go with a very young back end, or do you try to get a solid veteran, someone better than Travis Hamanick, <sighs> uh to, to help out those young guys on the back end? I know Hammonick for, for a third terrible made no sense at the deadline. And then it's just in general, it's just, it's, it's insulating these young guys the right way, finding those veterans to come in and, and, um, you know, be a good fit with these young guys. I think that they've really struggled with that, but the senators are definitely on the uptick and next year should be better for sure. Hope so. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings now. We had them in seventh before the start of the season, and uh, it's it's been a rough go this second half of the season for the Red Wings. They had a great start to the season, looking like uh, they could maybe challenge Boston for, for fourth in this division, uh, but they have gone... Uh, right off the tracks second half of the year two great rookies and Insider and Raymond of course Dylan Larkin has has had a great season as well um but the the Red Wings have really struggled second half of the year and uh you know again another team like Ottawa looking to uh slowly come out of their rebuild and take a step forward so thoughts on the Red Wings and then we'll get to Buffalo
2: so i said Ottawa isn't in the position that their their team should really be in well i think it's the exact opposite for detroit i really don't know how they're in fifth place uh frankly it's like one line scoring they allow the 30 their 32nd in goals against uh their pk is the worst in the league they don't really have very much going for them other than the fact that this team team is young and looking good for the future they had a couple of rookies to blow up raymond insider sick like how, how can you not be excited about those guys even rasmussen's like he's not young by any means but he's certainly stepped into a nice role and and has improved greatly um yeah there's a good future here but i really don't know how this team's in fifth i guess they're hot at the beginning of the year and then they've been god awful ever since
0: yeah, they won a lot of games at the start of the season because of guys like Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond who are just kind of carrying this team being like 20-year-olds or whatever. Like, they, they both had or are having really good seasons, and they're the second and third best rookies in the NHL after Michael Bunting, number one. So it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind of a year for Detroit. But, guys, they're minus 71 in goal differential right now. That's third worst in the NHL, but they're currently sitting in 24th overall. So I think there's some good times ahead for Detroit. They're not quite there yet though. You know, like no. Nadalkovich has not been good this season, which again surprising because he was so good last year. And like like you said, Case, they don't really have much proven scoring. They've got a bunch of young guys And they're going to be fun in the years to come. You know, like a guy like Joe Valeno often gets forgotten about. And even a Philip Zadina who, you know, isn't really living up to his draft position, but is another guy who who can score if they end up keeping him. And then Jacob Vrana, who just came back. Like they have a lot of good, good players. Um, But, you know, leave it to Stevie Y to kind of recognize his position in the standings. And manage his assets and that's what we talked about at the deadline you know getting picks back for guys like that's that's important and you know they're not there yet but they're a year or two away from being i think completely relevant in this division but the problem is like who are they gonna displace in in the top four in this division like for any of these bottom four teams in the league who all are on the up and up right now like they're gonna have to get a second wild card position to beat out a team from the Metro, right? Like who, like, yeah. do you guys see Boston falling out or or Tampa or Toronto or Florida? It's, it's, it's a tough division, man. The Atlantic is an absolute bloodbath.
1: It is absolutely. And, and yeah, like, you know, not much else to say about the Red Wings. Uh, You know, they just need to take a deep breath, kind of swallow this season um, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives, but they're they're going in the right direction. Simon Edvinson is likely going to step into the lineup next season. He looks fantastic as a young defenseman. And um, next year, they should be able to take a step. They're going to get another high draft pick. Uh, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, the Red Wings should be better and more consistent next season. All right, let's get to... The Buffalo Sabers, last team that we'll talk about, and uh, man, I'm excited to talk about the Sabers uh, as we as we wrap up. So uh, we had them in eighth before the start of the season, um, you know. They they trade Eichel. They get rid of or, well, Eichel was still a member of the team at the start of the uh, at the start of the season. He didn't get dealt till November. But uh, they they get rid of the big three: Eichel, Reinhardt, and Ristoline, and tearing it down again. It's going to be the Sabers and the Coyotes battling it out in the basement for that number one overall pick. And guys, I think it's safe to say that the Sabers have kind of exceeded expectations a little bit, that they've been a really nice surprise. And I, I really think the turning point was that game against Vegas, against Eichel in his return to Buffalo. When Tuck and Krebs both scored, they won. Um, you, you look at the big games after that, the Heritage Classic, they get a win there. Rick Jenner night, they get a win there. 8-3-3 three and three in the month of March. It's been a different team. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think, you know, the the fan base in that city is starting to believe in them again. Like there's a good young core here and there's a bright future. Owen Power uh, could be coming as soon as sometime this month after the Frozen Four wraps up. Really, really good progress for the Buffalo Sabres. So let's get into them before we wrap up
2: yeah t- definitely a bright future here. We all know that, but what I will say about Buffalo and um yeah they're definitely exceeding expectations and keep exceeding them. please, let's give the devils a better draft pick. I love it like win all the games you want right now buffalo Th- thanks- um what i'll I, what I'm gonna say though is like where can this team be if everyone's clicking? you know this is another team to me that you have guys stepping up and then guys stepping back or, or you lose a piece uh you talk about the turning point harp well i think it's trading jack eichel getting rid of that blemish on your you know in your locker room and then getting guys who are actually playing hockey games helps um but what i'm gonna say is like uh you lose reinhardt tage thompson steps up there's a give and take. Um, Olufsen takes a step back. Jeff Skinner's back to being kind of Jeff Skinner. It's like there's a give and a take, a give and a take. Well, if there's a whole lot of taking next year, well, maybe these guys are in the fifth spot. So um, I think there's yeah. definitely a bright future. And, and if everyone is on the same level as as kind of expectations, you know, maybe some guys come back down to earth a little bit. But if guys are where we expect them to be then i think this is a pretty competent team next year
0: yeah Case you you mentioned like maybe this team is in the fifth spot next year i'm just pulling up the the uh, poll that i ran yesterday and because i posted that the sabers are seven two and three in their last 12 (laughs) games and i posted the poll will buffalo make the playoffs next season Twenty-seven percent of our followers said yes, they will. That's actually higher than than I thought it would be. So, twenty-seven percent of boys in the booth faithful. Do not ask me about sample size; does
2: not matter. What day? What day did you uh, run that on? Was it a week weekend night by chance? Were they twenty-seven percent in the tank when they picked that? Yeah,
0: I mean, well, it was was a Sunday night, and if they were in Buffalo, that is a, a good chance that they were. So uh, maybe that's the case. But yeah, guys, Buffalo, like, Buffalo has looked really good. I've been impressed with Tage Thompson for sure. I've been impressed with Jeff Skinner 100%. He's had a bounce back season and, you know, maybe not worth $9 million, but you know, probably worth, like, six. Like, he's been playing that well this season. And I I know it's tough to do that because guys are all over the league. Like, McKinnon makes six or whatever. So it's like, oh, is he better than McKinnon? It's like, well, no. And he's not close, but he's good. He's had a bounce back year. But, uh, like, Harp, you're so excited about this team winning. And, like, you should be because, like, sure, it's fun to watch your team win. But don't you want them to get a higher pick? Like, wouldn't you want Shane Wright on the team? Like, there must be mixed emotions there.
1: Well, a little bit. And and we've talked about this um, off air that, you know, I would love for them to, to get one of those top two picks to get a Wright or a Slavkovsky. Um, but they have three first rounders. And that Vegas pick from the Eichel deal is going to be higher than we thought it would be. Right. And so. Um and then you have that third pick with with uh that belonged to the Panthers that they got in the Reinhardt deal that's you know gonna be like 32nd or whatever. But yeah. um so that pick could be up for grabs to try and get someone to help the team, but I think it's not it's not huge if, if they don't get that that top three pick that it is a deep draft. They have three of those first rounders. I think two of them they'll use for sure. And then that third one, the Florida pick is maybe a little bit up in the air that they could use that to get a right shot D to play with Owen Power next season, for example. So I'm not too worried about that. Honestly, I I like what Kevin Adams did. He kind of um stood Pat at the deadline and is like, you know what? This is a really good group and these last twenty games are really important and it's good for them to, you know, be playing some some good games and to get some wins here and just have something to, to build off of uh, going into going into next season. So I do like that. And um, I, again, as much as I would like for them to get one of the top two picks, I, I don't think it's a big deal because they have three of them in a first round that's supposed to be very deep.
2: Yeah, that's the constant struggle I have right now. It's like, I kind of want, you know, the Devils to be winning hockey games right now so they can learn to do that for next year or the year after, but yeah, um, yeah it it's deep but it's also the high high peak at the top of this draft i think um Maybe what Buffalo should think about doing is trading one of those first-round picks to pick up a goalie because you cannot run with the Pentagon next year of Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell, Dustin Tokarski, Dookie Housard, and uh, (laughs) whatever. Oh, Malcolm Subban. It's just not going to (laughs) work.
0: And UPL and whoever else. They've had like 15 guys
1: play this year. Yeah. Well, the goal... Yeah, the the goaltending is is a question mark. Certainly in the in the short term, in the long term, it looks really good. You've got UPL Eric Portillo Levi. playing with Owen Power at Michigan and Devin Levi, of course, uh, who had an unbelievable season with Northeastern. But yes, for next year, you know, are you comfortable with a tandem of Lukanen and Craig Anderson? Because Anderson has been a great veteran for the young guys I, and he's battled this year, but he's not is getting he, any younger. is he like and,
2: 45 next year? You're going <laughs> to, what do you mean? I think he's retiring.
1: So, uh, but uh, there is a possibility that he could come back. So that's the question. Are you comfortable with your tandem of Lukanen and Anderson? Because next year, like they'll be looking to take a small step. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team next year. Um, but they could end up in that fifth spot, obviously with a wide gap between fourth and fifth in the Atlantic. But, um, man, I'm just, I'm just so excited and there's hope back in me with this team. And I think rightfully so.
0: I wonder if the gap will be less than 30 points. That's what it is right now. 30 points between fourth and fifth in the division right now. That's an absolute joke uh guys if we're if we're done on the division and only if we're done i have one question that i wanted to pose to you guys to you both have the sabers surpassed the devils in their rebuild yes or no
2: absolutely not
1: I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Case. As much as I would love to I say yes, agree. that's just that's just not the right answer. It, it, it's not like the the Devils. I think just need <laughs> s- solid goaltending, and then they're a completely different team. Like if they could get saves regularly on a nightly basis. Then they're good. They've got Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt. Uh, the back end with Braves and Hamilton and Severson. I expect Ty Smith to have a back uh, bounce back season next year. Yes, the Devils are still ahead of the Sabres. But um, just a, a lot has gone right for the Sabres down the stretch here. And a lot has gone wrong yeah, for the that's, Devils. That's
2: what I'm saying, too. They're They're both both looking good for the rebuild but i think just so much has gone wrong for new jersey in this immediate season but there's such a bright future with not not only the guys that are coming up like buffalo has like buffalo has a lot of guys coming up there's a lot of guys on new jersey that are young and have a ridiculously bright future and that's the most exciting part is like such a young bright dynamic core like yeah i'm I'm thrilled like even it, like Dawson Mercer like we yeah. even mentioned Dawson Mercer it's it's it, great. It, exactly like, yeah exactly go on a all lot day of there
1: about it a lot of their futures in their lineup right now and and same goes with the sabers but a lot of their future kind of isn't yet like you know yeah. Paterka and Quinn and Power and Lucanin like they all still have yet to be regular nhl players but i think it'd be safe to say that the sabers are um along more than a lot of people expected
0: yeah well they traded their three best players and they got better this season so anyway i just wanted to ask you guys that because i wanted to see how high you were on on the sabers even you know because they've been playing so well
2: yeah Yeah. i would be talking about that recency bias thing again yeah yeah
1: No, I'm not going to get too carried away, but uh I I am excited and rightfully so. Um that people are coming to the games again, man. Like, uh, you know, it's it finally. So there's hope is is dangerous, but I, you know, there there's hope again and belief with this yeah, what, team and I think rightfully so. Buffalo.
2: What else are you doing in Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> Football we'll game, watch a hockey, or hockey game. game. That's it. Well, the football's not on right now. Yeah, we'll watch a <laughs> hockey
1: game. Alrighty, that does it for the Atlantic Division. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we love talking about this division and the Metro as well. The division that we talked about last week. The last two, we we love talking about those. Um, and uh yeah no so uh great to revisit the uh division rankings and we will chat with you again next week for episode 122 so enjoy the hockey this week final stretch four weeks away from the postseason and we're looking forward to that happy april everyone and thanks for listening we'll chat with you next week this has been another episode of boys in the booth
0: with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.